0: Thank you for listening to the podcasts from Life Central Church. For more information or to visit one of our locations, go to lifecentralchurch.org.uk.
1: We are in week three of our series called Unequaled and we're looking at the I Am statements of Jesus. We looked at I am the bread of life. Uh, We looked last week, Andy looked at I am the light of the world. Today, we're looking at our third I am statement. And to introduce the kind of theme, Alison's going to
0: come and we're going to share this together. Okay, great to be with you all. So what is anxiety? Okay, we're going to think a little bit together about what is anxiety. Well, everyone is anxious sometimes. It's a perfectly natural response And actually, it helps us to focus or to take extra care when we need to. Anxiety, however, has got quite a dramatic effect on us physically, hasn't it? It it can make our pulse rise. It can make us feel a little bit breathless. And mentally, it can be quite draining. And the combination of both of those things also mean that it affects the way we behave. Feelings of dread, fear of uneasiness can be really difficult to manage, especially if they go on for way too long. Sometimes what begins just as a minor worry over something relatively harmless becomes an intense, overwhelming experience that interferes with our everyday lives and our relationships. Everyone's capacity for managing anxiety is very different and each of our triggers will be unique to us. Our genes, our life experiences, our upbringing, our environment will all affect the way we think and respond about situations. Sadly, an increasing number of people are finding it difficult to manage modern life and the stress it provokes. And unbelievably, more than 8 million people in the UK experience anxiety disorders at any given time. And the really sad thing is only 50% actually access help.
1: So today, we're asking this question or looking at this thing, how to get help with anxiety. And we understand that anxiety is a, a spectrum, okay, from low-level anxiety right up to serious issues that need help and intervention. We're not going to be able to cover everything in the few minutes that we've got today. So we're not going to look at things like, you know, the breathing and taking control of your mind and your thoughts and making sure you're relationally connected. We're not going to look at any of that stuff, important though it is. We're going to look at a central relationship relationship in the Bible, which is a picture for us. And I think if we could live in this picture and in the reality of this, I think every single one of us would get help with our anxiety, whatever level that looks like. And uh, to help us with this, um, Jesus said seven I am statements about who he was. And we're opening these up over these few weeks leading up to Easter. And um, each of these, we think, elevate Jesus to the greatest of all time. He's not just one of these. He's the greatest. He's the bread of life. He is the light of the world. And the third one, which we think is at the root of our anxiety issues, if we're really honest, he introduces in John chapter 10. And to introduce this a little bit differently, we thought we wouldn't just introduce it. We'd go on location and film it. So take a look. Here's us introducing it. beautiful and powerful pictures in the Bible about the relationship between God and us is the shepherd and the sheep. Uh, Why is it so accurate to describe us as sheep?
0: Sheep are animals that actually have no natural defense systems. That makes them extremely vulnerable to attack. Now whilst we as humans do have natural defense systems, the truth is we are also vulnerable to attack.
1: And also, just like sheep, we are prone to wander. They're so easily led. Actually, at times, they can be gullible.
0: And also, they have a tendency to wander away from the flock and get separated. They get lost really easily. In
1: fact, one farmer tells of a story when the animal got out of a hole in the fence and got lost. Someone said to the farmer, how did they get lost? And he said, I don't know. I guess he just nibbled his way to lostness.
0: The truth is, in our highly individualistic society, where we like to think we're masters of our own destiny, we're actually more like sheep than we imagined.
1: In fact, in the Bible, many of the leaders were also shepherds. Moses was a shepherd, David was a shepherd, and by the time of Ezekiel the prophet, many of the leaders in the nation were referred to as shepherds, but bad shepherds. They looked after themselves, they didn't look after the sheep. They, they made sure they were okay while they ignored the weak and the vulnerable. Sound familiar?
0: And then Jesus came along, whom John referred to as the Lamb of God. But Jesus actually referred to himself as the Shepherd, the Good Shepherd. We had some fun doing that, <laughs> especially as Leon's not very fond of sheep. <laughs> And especially not the one that kept biting
1: me while I was trying to do the filming. It
0: was a little bit of a challenge. But I hope you get the idea. Because what we're introducing today is the idea that we have a choice. We all have choices to make. And one of the choices that we have is we can choose to live our lives without a shepherd. We can do that. It's possible. You can choose to live your life without a shepherd. Or you could choose to live your life following a bad shepherd. That also happens quite a lot. But the other alternative is we can choose to live life and trust that life into the hands of the good shepherd, Jesus. And today we want to highlight the credentials of the good shepherd and then ask you to choose, maybe for the first time, or maybe to choose again to trust your life into the hands of the good, unequalled shepherd.
1: Great. And to help us, we're going to go to John chapter 10. So we're going to look at quite a few verses in John chapter 10 and then draw out four, we think, credentials of the good shepherd, which elevate him to that no rival, no equal status. He is the unequaled good shepherd. So John chapter 10, and Jesus says this, I tell you the truth, anyone who sneaks over the wall of a sheepfold, rather than going through the gate, must surely be a thief and a robber. But the one who enters through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep recognise his voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. After he's gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them and they follow him because they know his voice. They won't follow a stranger. They will run from him because they don't know his voice. The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep a hired hand will run when he sees a wolf coming he will abandon the sheep because they don't belong to him and he isn't their shepherd and so the wolf attacks them and scatters the flock the hired hand runs away because he's working only for the money doesn't really care about the sheep and then Jesus says it again to kind of underline it I am the good shepherd I know my own sheep and they know me There are four things we want to pull out from this passage of Scripture. And again, to kind of give us a little bit of a picture, let's go back to the farm.
0: Here's the shepherd and he knows his sheep. This one's Susan, evidently. It's the only one I know. But in biblical times, the shepherd used to put all of their sheep, all of the shepherds put all their sheep in the same pen overnight. And then in the morning, the shepherds would come down and call out their own sheep. So he would recognize them, he would know them, he would call them, and they would respond to the sound of his voice because he knew their voice. I brought Alex along with me this afternoon. who's the shepherd of these sheep to tell you a little bit more about them. So the sheep know their shepherd's voice. Scratches. Scratches, come here. Good girl. And the shepherd knows the sheep one at a time, individually. And they also know the sound of their sheep's voice because when they're hungry or they're thirsty or they're lost, they make a different sound. And it's the shepherd's job to work out what's wrong and how to help that sheep the best.
1: He's the shepherd who leads and guides his sheep. Every morning they set out, sometimes it's green pastures, sometimes it's still waters, sometimes even dark valleys. Not always where they want to go, but always where they need to go.
0: Jesus carries and rescues his sheep. And in the Bible, Jesus tells a story about a shepherd who had a hundred sheep and 99 of them were safe, but one was lost. And he left the 99 to go and search for the one. Seems like a pretty crazy story. Until you're the one. He is a
1: shepherd who lays down his life for his sheep. He's not like the hired hand who runs off at the first sign of trouble or danger. The Bible puts it this way. Greater love has no man than he lay down his life for his friends. And the truth is, we weren't his friends. We were his enemies. He's not only a good shepherd. He's the unequaled good shepherd.
0: Brilliant. And the first point we want to draw out, I think, was really well articulated in that video. You know, he is the shepherd who knows us. He knows us. And uh, I don't know, have you ever been given a gift that is so perfect that it leaves you in no doubt the giver knows and understands you really well? Have you ever had a gift like that? I'm hoping it's my birthday this week, so maybe <laughs> I'll have a gift like that this week. Who knows? Or maybe you've been in a social situation where someone spots that you're uncomfortable and comes to rescue you. Those of us that are introverts will know that happens to us a lot, and we're very grateful for being rescued on frequent occasions. And you're probably recalling those moments right now. We remember them because that sense of being understood and accepted although quite rare, is really, really precious. And Jesus is the good shepherd. He knows just what we need and when we need it. Remember John 10, the verses Leon just referred to? It described the shepherd's purpose to give his sheep a rich and satisfying life. Now, that's not about riches or wealth, and it doesn't mean that Jesus won't challenge us or even correct us at times. But it does mean that the maker of heaven and earth, our designer and creator, knows us, loves us, and is committed to working with us to find his goodness all the days of our lives. Do you have a sense that you're fully known, understood, and loved? Sometimes it can be a real fight to accept that, can't it? Our lives can be full of self-doubt, misunderstandings, challenging relationships, false perceptions, and in the middle of it all, we need to remind ourselves of the truth. I've got a quote here from one of my uh, favourite authors of all time. The truth, even though we cannot feel it right now, is that I am the chosen child of God. Precious in God's eyes, called the Beloved from all eternity and held safe in an everlasting embrace. We must dare to opt consciously for our chosenness and not allow our emotions, feelings or passions to seduce us into self-rejection. That's quite a, quite a deep statement, isn't it? It'll take a minute or two to sink in, probably. And maybe this morning you're not sure who God is, or if you are chosen at all, or maybe you're just not feeling very precious to anyone. This truth is for you. God longs to have a close relationship with you, for you to know there is no one else on planet Earth like you or more precious to him than you. He knows you, loves you, he called you by name. We need to remind ourselves of this truth, no matter what other people say about us. Or indeed, sometimes in contrast to what we say about ourselves. I do sometimes wonder which is most powerful, rejection by others or the continual self-rejection we inflict on ourselves. We need to learn to quiet those thoughts and emotions that make us feel we aren't good enough. Or that Jesus can't really love us that much. Even if we can't feel it right now, the truth is Jesus is the good shepherd, the one who lays down his life for us. He's often anxious, sometimes stubborn, slightly grubby sheep. We are precious in God's eyes. He wants to be with us even when we can't stand being with ourselves. And if we allow him to walk ahead of us, he will lead us all the days of our lives. Does anyone need to know that today? Wouldn't that help to calm your fears and anxieties?
1: And the second kind of idea kind of goes on from that is he's the shepherd who leads and who guides us. In John 10, like we've read, we, we read this relationship between the shepherd and the sheep. He he says he knows them and they know him. And then he leads them and he guides them. And in in an Israel kind of uh, context, in a Bible days context, often the sheep were were all in a pen like, like we described on the video. And there were different flocks of sheep all mixed up. And the shepherd would come and he would begin to call out them and they knew his voice and they would go to him. And then he would lead them and guide them into the day not always to where they wanted to go but always to where they needed to go and there are a couple of implications of this i think for us in our lives as well and i think this this is at the heart maybe of many of our issues with anxiety and the first one is this that because of this there's nothing too big or small that he doesn't care about in your life there's nothing too big or too small that he doesn't care about in your life. We are going to refer a little bit to Psalm 23. You know, We've looked at this uh, as a psalm. Uh, I've spoken about this many times here in the church. It's maybe the richest, I think, psalm in the whole Bible. It's Everybody knows Psalm 23. But there's a little line in that where it says, he anoints my head with oil. And um, the, the shepherd would have had a little flask of oil on his belt. And uh, it would have done three things. Uh, he would have used the oil to heal wounds when, when sheep get wounded. But also he would use the oil to Pour the oil on the head of the sheep because sheep had a habit of butting each other, okay, of head butting each other and you didn't want them to damage each other. So he'd put the oil on their head so that when they did hit heads, they'd slip off each other without causing damage. But the third reason is really amazing. and I discovered this when I was studying this, that in, in Israel at the time, there's tiny little irritating flies that got in the face of the sheep and the shepherd would anoint the head of the sheep with this oil And it would stop those little irritants getting up in their face. How many of you got little irritants that get up in your face? Yeah, they're called your children, aren't they? No, I'm joking, I'm joking. But but isn't that amazing that the shepherd cares so much for the sheep that he's willing to not only guide them and lead them, but to care for them, the big wounds of life and the tiny irritants that get in your face. That's the God that you and I serve if we know him, which is amazing. Anyone? need that today maybe that would help you with your anxiety but also the, the other implication is there is not a day you won't experience that he won't lead you in he will lead you and guide you every single day of your life and right through to the last day of your life as well again in Psalm 23 it talks about green pastures and still waters and we all need those in our life. But here's the thing. Green pastures don't occur naturally very often in Israel. I've been, many of you have been now. You know, the, the shepherd had to create green pastures and still waters. Now a sheep's anatomy is such that its nose and its mouth are so close together that it can't drink out of a fast flowing stream. And a lot of the streams in Israel are fast flowing. Therefore, what the shepherd would do is he'd take his crook and he'd carve out a channel out of the fast flowing stream and he'd create a still pool so the water would go into the still pool and the sheep could drink from it. Here's the reality. When the good shepherd is in your life, any space, any place can be a green pasture and it can be a still pool of water. At times... At times, the shepherd's going to lead you and guide you, not just to green pastures and still waters, but at times, even through the valley of the shadow of death. And you know, the valley of the shadow of death is a literal place in Israel. It's called the valley of the shadow of death. Uh, and, and it's so difficult to get to. And the ravine is so tight. And um, in, in Israel, in, the, in Bible days, uh, robbers would hide in, in the rocks. And many shepherds wouldn't lead their sheep through that valley But you know what? A good shepherd would, because the other side of that valley is some of the greenest and lushest pasture in Israel. And so actually, the other side of that valley of shadow death, there is so much green and lush pasture to feed on. Which is why this Psalm 23 is so important to many of us, isn't it? It's a psalm not just for life, it's also a psalm for death as well. It's why I've sat at many gravesites, many bedsides, many hospitals. In fact, yesterday I was at me and Alison were in a hospital with a young woman who's fighting for her life, part of our church right now. And so we read bits of these psalms and other psalms in moments like this because this is truth, isn't it? He leads us every single day of our life, sometimes green pastures, sometimes still waters, sometimes even the valleys of the shadow of death. Anyone do with that today? Maybe that could help with that anxiety that you and I feel? Is there a God who would lead us and guide us? And can I get through this valley of the shadow of death? Yes, you can, because he is your good shepherd.
0: Not only does he lead us and guide us, I mean, the way in which God continues to influence our lives has got so many different facets. And the third point we want to bring out of this is He's also the shepherd who carries and rescues us. I don't know if you feel like you need rescuing today. Um, I wonder whether I might need rescuing from grandchildren later on. I'm not sure. Um, but while we were filming at the farm Alex who was the shepherd spotted that one of the lambs at the edge of the pen wasn't looking quite right while most of the other lambs were kind of jumping up and down nibbling on knees and ankles and Leon's bottom a little bit it's true um, and getting up to general naughtiness this one sat quiet and still Noticing his lack of interest in people hopping around in his pen, Alex went across and had a look at him. And she recognised immediately that he wasn't well. She lifted him up, she watched him closely, she had a little look at his ears and she noticed that he was uncomfortable. She recognised what the problem was and she went to get the medicine that was needed. Alex knew her sheep, even the smallest lamb. As we left the pen, she rattled the bag containing the food um, and called out to them. And all the sheep immediately started to bar so loudly. It was incredible. We couldn't hear ourselves think. It was such an incredible noise. And we realised that not only did Alex know her sheep, but they also knew her. They understood her mannerisms and her voice and they thought food was on its way. Unfortunately it wasn't so they were a bit disappointed but um, they, they all barred because they thought that was what was happening. And a good shepherd feeds, carries and rescues her sheep like Alex did. The Bible is full of references to God as our shepherd. We've just talked about Psalm 23, but there are other verses as well. And I think perhaps one of the most beautiful images that we find about God as our shepherd is in Isaiah 40, verse 11. And this is the verse. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will carry the lambs in his arms, holding them close to his heart. He will gently lead the mother sheep With their young. What a beautiful image that is, being carried close to his heart. Our Good Shepherd not only feeds us, he rescues us from others and at times ourselves. He holds us close to his heart. Now, I enjoyed my cuddle with the lamb while we were filming. Um, It's my kind of thing. I like animals. It was lovely. And I loved the way she just kind of settled into my arms and trusted me to hold her close. She just rested, sat quietly and still. Now, I like to think she enjoyed her cuddle as much as I did. But did I really, really hold her close to my heart? Well, maybe physically, physically. But I've also spent a lot of time recently holding my baby granddaughter Lydia in my arms and I can tell you the experience is so much deeper because she really is close to my heart. Why? Because she's the child of my child and we are children of God. How much more closely does God hold us? When I think about how God feels about us, and I try, to, I try to remind myself of these feelings that I have when I hold my own kids. And these feelings aren't unique to those of us who are parents and have children. You know, we, we know how to love things and hold things close to our heart. Have you ever noticed, it uh, last, happened last week actually, uh, a new baby came to church with their mum for the first time and there was a whole gaggle of people gathered round them. When a new baby and a parent comes into the room, there's a lot of attention. People want to see how the baby is, they want to ask mum how it's going, if she's getting any sleep. There's something instinctive about the need to protect and care for mums and babies. And it's, it's an understanding of their vulnerability at that point in life. And that's exactly the imagery that God uses here in this scripture. A gentle, calming presence holding us securely. In Isaiah 40 verse 10, which is the preceding verse to the one we just read, God is described as ruling with a powerful arm. And later in verse 12, we're reminded that the same Arms and hands held the oceans and measured the heavens the most powerful arms we can imagine the ones that created the universe are exactly the same arms that hold us close to his heart if nothing else can calm our fears that should today is Mother's Day I know it can be a really painful day for some Perhaps your relationship with your mum wasn't great, or you're mourning the loss of your mum. Maybe it's your first Mother's Day without your mum around. For others, it will be a painful reminder of children lost, or those that they've never been able to have. But nonetheless, it's an important day. It's a day we say thank you to our mums, and actually all the women in our lives, who have protected us and nurtured us. Let's not take for granted the arms that held us when we were small and supported us throughout our lives, holding us close to their hearts, just like the good shepherd. Now, while as mums and dads we do our best for our children, one of the most difficult things is not being able to prevent them from making their own mistakes. Like sheep, they wander off a bit, don't they, and put themselves in harm's way. Although, come to think of it, it's not just kids that do that. We often do that, don't we? We wander off too and find ourselves in trouble. How many times do we think that we know better and decide to do things on our own way? Or maybe we just follow the sheep in front, ignoring the advice of those who are around us who are cautioning us to take care how often do we find ourselves in a whole heap of trouble not just because we're vulnerable and the world is a dangerous place but as a result of our own actions because we've been maybe a bit dim or stubborn ourselves i'm so glad that jesus is the good shepherd who not only feeds us and guides us but actually he also rescues us he scoops us up and takes care of us now King David knew this really well. And he wasn't, despite being a king, too proud to identify himself as a sheep. He could have identified himself as lots of things, couldn't he? He could have said he was a mighty warrior being directed by God. But he didn't do that. Actually, in his most famous psalm, he declares, The Lord is my shepherd. In other words, he recognized he was a sheep. And having cared for sheep himself, David knew that just like the sheep in his care, who needed protection, healing, comfort and rescue, so did he. And he knew the source, the good shepherd who holds us close to his heart. I wonder if any of us could do with that today. Maybe there's a sense that actually we need to feel that we're held close to the beating heart of Jesus. Wouldn't that help us to feel more secure in this troubled anxiety-filled world, I think it might. Um,
1: And the final thing about that makes the shepherd the good shepherd, we think, is he's the shepherd who lays down his life for us in John chapter 10, again, there's like a journey that you go on. And um, John Maxwell is a famous leadership writer. He talks about different levels of leadership. And I, I can see some of these levels of leadership in the description in John 10. Because the first level is like a position. So he's a shepherd because someone's called him a shepherd and he's got the title. But then level two uh, is relationship. He's a good shepherd because the sheep know him and he knows them. But level three is track record These sheep know that their their life is safe in his hands because he's led them to green pastures and he's led them to still waters and he's even led them through the valley of the shadow of death. But the ultimate level is selfless sacrifice. This is what makes a leader great. Not just that they've got a title but because they build relationship and they can create track record. But ultimately what makes a leader great is that they lay down their life for the people that they lead. And actually what makes the good shepherd, the unequaled good shepherd, is that he lays down his life for his sheep. That selfless sacrifice must help us with our anxiety. And so as we come to finish, and we want to speak to all of you online, we want to speak to those of you in our sites and those of you here in the room, we wonder today on this day whether maybe some of us needs some help with our anxiety right now. And yes, there's things we can do like breathing and, and like th- our, our thought life and, uh, and making sure we're relationally connected. There's all of that stuff, which is all important. But there's a relationship that Jesus offers you and I, the sheep and the shepherd. I am the good shepherd. Would you let me know you? He knows our name. He knows our natures. He knows our needs. Would you let me lead you and guide you? Would you let me carry you and rescue you? And ultimately, I lay down my life for you. We wonder how many of us need some of that today. And so what I want to do is I'm going to read some scriptures out over you this morning, some words from the Bible. And whether you're watching online, whether you're in a site, whether you're here in the room, if actually as I read these things out, you know that you need this, then I want to invite you to stand and we want to pray for you. So the first one is this. It says in Isaiah 26, you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. So maybe you need some peace today in your life. Why don't you stand if that's you? Here in the room, on our, in our sight? why don't you just stand if you need some peace today? Philippians 4 says, And this same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from His glorious riches. Maybe some of you need provision right now. Why don't you stand and we'll pray for you. You need provision in your life. I want to invite you to stand. 1 Peter 5, 7. Cast in all your cares, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns, once and for all on Him. He cares about you. Some of us need that help with anxiety right now. I want to invite you to stand. I'm going to pray for you. So if that's you, just stand. And then finally, Psalm 48. Yes, this is our God, our great God forever. He will lead us onward until the end, through all time, beyond death and into eternity. Some of you are facing health situations right now or somebody really close to you is facing a health situation and it feels like it's life or death and you need to know the Good Shepherd. I want to invite you to stand as well. So you need peace, stand. You need provision, stand. You need to know that God is there for you in your anxiety, stand. You need to know that in this situation that feels like life or death, and it may well be life or death, you need to know that there is a good shepherd who won't just lead you this side of eternity, but into the other. Then we want you to stand as well. And we're going to pause for a moment. And if in our sights, we want to invite you to stand right where you are. And Alison's going to come and pray for you. And then we are going to worship our good shepherd together.
0: Heavenly Father, thank You because You are the unequalled Good Shepherd. There is no one like You, Lord. You are the Shepherd who rescues us, calms our fears, holds us close, provides all that we need. Lord Jesus, we pray today that we will have a sense of of you being so close to us. And Lord, I pray particularly for everyone standing right now yeah. here in Hell's Owen and in the other locations and those online who are acknowledging their need for rescue, for comfort, for peace. God, would you supernaturally bring them peace right where they are now? God, for those who are crying out for provision, God, would you provide for those who need healing, God, would you bring healing And Lord, for those walking through the valley of the shadow of of death, would you just help them to know your presence with them, guiding them every single day, every moment, every breath. And Lord, we thank you because we know you're a good God. You're not a shepherd who wants to withhold from his sheep. You're a shepherd who wants us to live a rich and satisfying life. God, I pray that we'll take hold of that today. That we'll walk out this week knowing the good shepherd who is with us, who leads the way and will guide us. Amen. Because we ask it in your name. Amen. Amen. Amen.
1: I want to invite all of you, if you're willing and able, to stand with us. You know, as we come to our final song, you know, God has... Two sheepdogs, did you know that? And they're called goodness and mercy. Because Psalm 23 says, Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. They're like these sheepdogs that keep following us and keep pursuing us. And so we're going to sing about the goodness of God right now. And as we sing this, I want you to take a hold of this picture that the Bible gives us. It's a beautiful picture of the sheep and the shepherd. I think it's a central picture to the relationship that God wants to have with every single one of us. And if today you haven't said yes to Him, you haven't acknowledged Him as your shepherd, because you tried to lead your life in your own way, we would love to talk to you about that, okay? Maybe the person who's brought you or one of us, come and speak to us afterwards. We'd love to talk to you about how you can know this shepherd for yourself. But for all of us that know the truth of this, let's celebrate, let's worship, and let's thank God for His goodness. And let's receive again His goodness and His mercy into our lives today. This is the goodness of God.